Welcome to the show. My name is James Nielsen Watt. And in this show, we interview interesting, inspiring, and successful people so you can learn the secrets to success and can play the game of life, business, health, and happiness better. And the philosophy we take here is if I'm leveling up my game, you get to level up yours as well. So get ready to listen to some inspiring people who have figured out how to have success in all areas of life, health, happiness, wealth, business. We're gonna be interviewing them in this show so that you can learn the secrets to success that they share with practical advice that you can take and use today. So if you enjoy the show, please subscribe, please leave us a review, and please share it with your friends because if I can help you and you can help others, then we can help more people together and we can all level up our game together. My guest today is Dr. Cheryl Wood, an international motivational speaker, best-selling author, and master speaker development coach for women. She's committed to empowering and equipping women with the tools to courageously share their unique voice, their story, and their subject matter expertise. Cheryl transitioned from a legal secretary and mother of three who was frantically challenged with creating work-life balance to building her own speaking empire, generating millions of dollars, inspiring women to take bigger risks and play all out in life and business. Wood has received numerous awards and accolades for her work of empowering women and girls globally. She's been featured on ABC, Radio One, Forbes Magazine, Huffington Post, Fox 45 News, and numerous other media outlets. She's delivered keynote presentations for a host of large and small organizations, and I'm super excited to have her on the show. Welcome to the show, Cheryl. I'd love it if you can give us a little bit of a backstory about yourself uh, so our audience has some context. Absolutely. So I always like to give a little bit of the personal and the professional me. So on the personal side, I'm a wife. My husband and I just celebrated 21 years of marriage and we actually still like each other. Isn't that just beautiful? Uh, (laughs) And we have three beautiful children together. So I'm a mommy to three teenagers and they are 14, 15 and 17. So I'm starting to feel older and older every day. Uh, So that's kind of the personal side. I love family. I love spending as much time with them as I can. Anytime I get to do international travel, I always make sure they're with me so that we can kind of grow and explore the world together. On the professional side, I am a international empowerment speaker. I'm a two-time TEDx speaker and 17-time best-selling author. And I specialize as an executive speaker development coach who really focuses on helping people to unleash the power of their voice. But before I started doing that, which has just been for the past 10, 11 years, um, I worked in corporate America actually for 15 years as a legal secretary. And today I kind of look back in hindsight And I try to figure out how did I stay in that job for 15 years when everything about my spirit and my energy says I should be running my mouth somewhere and getting paid very well for it. So I don't know. We do what we know how to do until we're willing to disrupt our norm and try something that scares us. So because I took that risk, here we are today. I'd love to know, uh, doctor, is that uh, medical? Is that PhD? What's, What's that? Okay, I'm so glad you asked that. So I did not earn my doctorate in the classroom. I earned it through my work of empowering women economically through entrepreneurship for the past 10 years. So I actually received an honorary doctorate about two years ago, and that's why I'm Dr. Cheryl Wood. Oh, wow, love it, love it. Um, I'd, I'd love to know, you said helping people to get their voice out. Now, is that just in the context of speaking, or is that also in kind of storytelling and, and their expertise in communication? Because, you know, you're a 17-time author, which is getting your voice out just on paper. 
That's right. Yeah. So it is just under the umbrella of communication. Um, all of us have to be able to express our ideas. We should want to express our experiences and share those with other people just in general, because that's a part of our legacy creation. So it's not just platform speaking, speaking on stage, but yes, it also encompasses storytelling and any way that you can help transform somebody else's life by sharing what you already know and the experiences that you've already been through. Because there's somebody somewhere who wishes they knew what you knew and what you know now. And so I think it's kind of selfish of us when we don't unleash our voices and we just keep all that greatness to ourselves. There's this quote by Dr. Miles Monroe. He says, the, the richest, wealthiest place on the planet is the cemetery because that's where people take all of their knowledge, their expertise, their ideas, their creativity, instead of pouring it into others. So I want to be that person, as we say here in the States, who I, I leave this place empty, meaning I've given all of me. I've shared my story. I've shared my knowledge, my experiences and my expertise so that I make my life bigger than me. So let me ask you then, how do we, how do we do that if we don't feel like we have anything to give? Because I know a lot of people who, whether or not they objectively have you know, valuable information to share, we can often have limiting beliefs that prevent us from doing that or just a lack of, com a complete lack of clarity to what we have being valuable. And, and to speak personally about that, I didn't realize how impactful a lot of the stuff I knew was until people started asking me questions. And then I told them and then they did it and they got great results in their practice or whatever. Right. And so there was a period of time where I completely uh, maybe devalued the wrong word, but did not value the information that I had accumulated from the hours that I spent and the effort that I put in, because I just thought it was easy because shouldn't, you know, I just watched a couple of videos. Can't you watch a couple of videos? And I, and I didn't have the conscious kind of awareness that like, I'll, I'll put, I'll put it this way. There is a, I forgot the, what the, the concept is, but there's like a diminishing return sort of set up when you're uh, intelligent, know things and have got experiences where you forget what it's like to not know. And you just think everyone knows or should know. And I, and definitely with my audience, there's a lot of people that, that don't feel they have much value because they are unconscious to it. So can you speak to that a little bit? Yeah. And there's a quote that I live by and the quote says, the thing that is not growing is dying. And from my perspective, I live by that quote because it means that I should always be growing in my knowledge base, but also I should be helping someone else to grow so that they're on that path of development and becoming the greater version of themselves. So how do people grow? Um, we gain access to knowledge, information, relationships that we didn't have previously. So when we think of it in a broader spectrum of how do I help someone else grow by sharing what I know, I think we kind of get out of our own ways in terms of, oh, I don't have anything of value. Well, of course you have something of value. But are you curious enough and explorative enough to dig deeper? Because sometimes it's not on the surface. You've got to take the time to be in a quiet space, which, I mean, let's just admit it. We're in a world where everything's noisy. Everybody wants everything right now. Nobody wants to get quiet and figure it out. So you've got to be explorative enough and curious enough to say, I know, I know how I have to have something. I have to be sitting on something that somebody needs. I don't know what that is right now, but let me be curious enough to explore it. And then you sit in a quiet meditative state or you go and you hire a coach who can help you to pull that out of you because perhaps you can't do it on your own. And then you literally take that shovel out and you start digging up some of the things that you've been through in life. Everything that we have to share with someone is not always connected to what we read in a book. It's not always connected to what we learn in a coaching uh, session or in a course or program. Some of it is just that 
on the job stuff, as we call it, that we've been through, like real life experiences. And now you know something more than someone else because you've already been through what they are currently going through. So when you think in your mind, there's always someone in the world who's beyond where I am. They've been there, done that. They're 30 steps ahead of me. But then there's always somebody who's not quite as far as I am. And they're 20 or 30 steps behind me. That always keeps you in a spirit of there has to be something of value that I can offer to someone else. And then being vulnerable enough to share what you know, what you've been through, what your experiences have been, the good, the bad, and the ugly, so that you can help someone else. I, I yeah, I love what you said. I think that too many of us, we think, okay, so-and-so is this far down the path. So yeah. therefore I have nothing to give because you know I'm not the best in the world. Now, as long as you're not pretending to be the best, in my opinion, and you're open enough to say, hey, look, I'm not the best, but I just know some stuff. <laughs> I can pull you to my level. That we, we don't realize how powerful that is because who's to say that, I'll give, you, I'll give you an example, right, for the listeners, Tony Robbins. Most people in certain spaces know who he is, but not everybody. And even if you do know, doesn't mean that you're consuming all of his content. And even if you are, doesn't mean that you are uh, resonating with it or implementing it. And so in a really sort of overdone space of personal development, let's say, and for health professionals listening to this, it's kind of like, well, how can I you know, provide value? There's 50 million people doing everything. And, and it's like, sure, not in your voice, not in your past experiences, right? Not in your way of thinking. And so you don't have to be the Tony Robbins of your niche or area or knowledge or whatever, but you can look and go, where am I? And are there those that would like to be closer to, you know, my level, so to speak, or my understanding, or can I just provide insight and value? I've consulted with people who are doing far bigger things because of the way that I think about that particular thing was helpful to them in the discussion. And, yeah. and if you're honest, you know, with yourself, there's always opportunity to, to learn. So I'm going to be learning things from you today. You may learn a thing or two from me today because we're just sharing the information in an unbiased fashion that allows the other person to pick it up or not. And I think that we always try and, you know, be at the top when in reality, it's like, nah, multiple small steps. You know what I mean? If, if we're all just jumping off of each other because we're all sharing different things, we all grow together, like you said, uh, and just ignore anything above and look below and go, where's somebody that I can help with that information? Um, yeah, you said it. I mean, that's perfect. I love that. There, there are levels and there are seasons. I mean, I think about right now, I have three kids who are in, at three different levels in their schooling, which means they're at three different levels in their knowledge. I have my daughter who's the oldest. She's 17. She's going to be graduating in five months. And then I have uh, my middle son who just started high school. And then I have my baby boy who is in his final year of middle school. So it's like they're all at different levels and they're all learning different things. So it's the same when you connect that to your business and your knowledge expertise. Like there are levels to this. There are seasons where people are. And sometimes we're in a season where we couldn't consume what that person, that top tier person had last season because we weren't even ready yet. We weren't even there that far. So there were times in my journey when I wanted to coach with, learn from gurus who were at the top, but there was infrastructure issues with my business. I wasn't ready to go and learn from them because I didn't even know some of the, the languaging and the things they were talking about because my business hadn't advanced that far yet. 
So I needed someone who was more at a mid-level, not that top level. And then once my business started producing certain levels of profits, I started serving more. I started learning, figuring out I had to scale. Then I needed those top tier people. So I just, I think we're, like you said, remembering that there are levels, that there are seasons to people's lives when they need this thing now, they didn't need it before, or, you know, they're at the mid-level, not the top tier, or they're at the beginning level. And then adding to that, you also need to remember that even the gurus only have a certain bandwidth. They only have a limited capacity to serve. They cannot serve the world. I'm sorry. They can't serve everybody. They don't have the bandwidth. You don't have the bandwidth. I don't have the bandwidth to serve everyone. So when all of us do our part to share what we know, like you said, then everybody is getting their piece of the knowledge that they need at the time frame that they need. So the right people, the right message at the right time. And sometimes it the message doesn't even have to be perfect, but it just jolts a person in a direction where they find the next thing. And we, and, and we don't realize how impactful things that we say and do can be positively and, and negatively, I think yes. needs to be said too. Um, so what you said uh, was really interesting to me personally about business, because as I've gone through levels and seasons myself, I've realized more and more that you have to be in a particular place to be able to receive particular information. Uh -huh. Because when you start going up the ladder and talking to the big kids, uh, like in, in, in these five and six figure masterminds that I'm a part of, the conversation is not, you know, how long should my video be and where should I put my ads? It's like, how do I sleep better? And how do I be more productive? And how can I be a better leader? And the irony is that it, 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 it gets more, it gets more simple when you know more stuff, because you realize that all that strategic tactical stuff that you're like, I need to know this with my ads and or my, my marketing or my sales. It's like, no, actually you just need to be a better leader. You just need to be better connected with your, with your marketplace or, you know, know your clients better, for example, or sleep better so that I, you know, you're more productive instead of hustling 18 hours a day. And the irony is that I feel like until you've had bits of the other stuff, you can't receive that because it doesn't make sense because you're looking at your problem through your eyes. I always say it to my clients, they, they say, well, how do I do this? How do I do this? How do I do this? And I said, you're asking the wrong question because you're trying to answer a how based question with no ability to answer it. Because if you knew how you'd just do it. And so if you don't know how asking the question, how is only going to give you a headache because you are not going to be <laughs> able to answer the how, because you don't know how. You need to stop intellectualizing the answer, ask more from the heart. And the question needs to be who, who can show me how, because only then can we then, you know, seek information at a different level, uh, season, et cetera, to match us and give us the how, because you can't figure out a how you either, either you bleed and accidentally come across it, or you just find someone who knows and you say, Hey buddy, can you show me how, um, I think that's really, I think that's, that was the biggest thing that I learned in my journey is that stop trying to figure out how and just ask somebody. And this, you know, it comes back to everything we're talking about here today of just sharing knowledge so that it's out there. So the question is for me, and, and I think a few people listening would be, well, you know, that's all well and good if people are asking me questions, but what if they're not right? What if, what if people are not asking me questions? Am I just, you know, telling people stuff at the dinner table that they don't want to hear? Like, what do I, <laughs> what do I, what do I do then? And I'd love you to answer this, but my thought goes to, well, if I'm on social media, if I'm, you know, doing speaking 
gigs or I'm, you know, interacting in communities, et cetera, I can just provide value and those who want to listen to it can, rather than going and forcing individuals, listen to me, I want to tell you some stuff, let me help you with some stuff, because many people are not ready to be helped. Yeah, I mean, that's a very interesting question. I, I think that you magnetize people to want to ask you questions by being visible and being present to say, I am willing to peel back the layers of who I am and what I've been through, the good, the bad, and the ugly uh, to help other people. So when that's how you function in that space of, you'll hear me say it over and over again, my life is bigger than me. My life is bigger than me. And look, this is really serious to me because just last year, I lost my 20-year-old nephew. Uh, he was an amazing kid. I have a twin sister. It was her baby boy. He tragically died in a motorcycle accident. He lived an amazing 20 years. He was going into his junior year at Morgan State University. He was an athletic scholar, the, the starting wide receiver in the Morgan State Bears. He was an, an academic scholar on the dean's list. He had his entire life in front of him, but he only got 20 years. 20 years to share with somebody else what he knew. 20 years to impact somebody else's life. 20 years to create legacy. And so it's not to be morbid, but it is to acknowledge that all of us are going to have a transition date and we never know when. And so my responsibility is to, to make the best of and to take advantage of every single day that I have life and breath in my body to impact other people's lives, help transform the trajectory of where people are going and who they're becoming and to create a legacy that will long outlive my physical body. So when I think of that in the bigger scope of things about my life being bigger than me, why would, what, why would I not want to share what I know so that somebody else's life is different? Somebody else's life is better than it was before they came into contact with me. So my job is then to show up in the world and to show up knowing that, yes, there's something of value I have so that I magnetize the people to me. I believe all of us have been assigned to a certain segment of the population. That's just my belief. And your people need to be able to find you, your segment of the population whose lives you are meant to transform are they able to find you? Well, if you're not showing up, if you're not doing the social media, if you're not getting on the Facebook lives and the IGTV, if you're not doing the webinars and you're not coming to the front of the room, as I like to say, and whether that's live or virtual events, if you're not showing up, and I always tell my clients, visibility will always trump ability. If you're not showing up and you're not visible, then you can never make your life bigger than you. Because that means everything that you know, everything you've learned through your life experiences, through external knowledge, through whatever you've been through is just lying dormant inside of you. So again, your job is to show up so that your voice magnetizes the people who say, oh my God, you've the, you're the one I've been looking for. I've been looking for you. I needed your voice. Oh my God, they hear what you say and they're like, you're talking to me. Like, I don't know about you, but sometimes I've been on speaking platforms and I'll have somebody out of a room of a thousand people to come up and say, okay, I know there are a thousand people in here, but you were talking to me. It's your job to find those people who are going to raise their hand and say, oh, my God, you are speaking to me directly to me. And I needed to hear that today. And I needed to be reminded of that. And I and whatever the thing is, but they can't even do that if you're not showing up to first share what you know. So I believe organically when you walk in who you really are and what your expertise is, whether it's through external knowledge that you've added in or whether it's through your experiences that people will be drawn to you based on the authenticity of what your messaging is and what your story is. That's powerful. I like that. I really do. How did you, how did you come to this point yourself? 
Like I know that we kind of touched on it there, but I'd love to actually talk about that. Like you were legal secretary, yeah. bunch of kids. Yeah. I always say went. speaking, I say speaking found me. <laughs> I didn't find it. It found me, but it found me because like I just said, because I showed up. So in 2009, I was still going to a cubicle every day. I was working as a legal secretary and you got to know for me, that was, that felt like a win. The fact that I had a, a job that paid me $75,000 a year. Cause I grew up in poverty. I grew up in scarcity. I didn't grow up in an environment where anybody was telling me I could be a giant in the world. And they were just the opposite. They were saying I'd probably be another statistic in the world. So just to get to that place where I wasn't hooked on drugs, I wasn't, you know, a teenage mom. I wasn't still living in poverty was like, yes, I'm winning in this thing called life. And so I was going to this job every day, did it for 15 years, was great at it. But there was something in my spirit that said there is something more to life than just this. There's something more than you getting up and going to a job that doesn't really fill you up. You know how it like really sets your soul on fire. It doesn't connect you to your legacy. And most importantly, it didn't give me the freedom that I desired. I wanted time freedom to be able to, you know, be present, fully present as a mom with my kids. I didn't have financial freedom. They capped my salary because I didn't have a piece of paper that said I was smart enough. And I didn't have creative freedom. Like I couldn't decide what I was going to do on a daily basis. Somebody was telling me what to do. So those are the things I desired. And I just decided in 2009, I, I had to do something different. And I didn't know what different really looked like. I didn't have like a full blueprint or a roadmap, but I did have this curiosity in my spirit. And so I said, well, look, I know people have changed their lives through entrepreneurship. So I'm going to become an entrepreneur. And I started this little itty bitty t-shirt business called Moms Are the Best. And all my t-shirts had slogans that celebrated mothers and mom, you know, women and, and what we do in the world and how we serve and add value. And I did that for 18 months on the weekends, in addition to my full-time job. So I didn't just quit my job, I kept my full-time job. And my husband used to think I was crazy because he would say, why are you doing this? Like you'd go and spend eight hours on a Saturday sitting at a table trying to sell a t-shirt and sometimes come home and you only sold two t-shirts. But I would go get back up the next weekend and I'd go again and I'd go again. I knew. I knew the definition of insanity. Insanity is doing the same thing over and over and over again, expecting a different result. So if I only stuck to what I had always known, I was never going to get a different result that I was curious about creating. So I just kept showing up. 18 months later, I get this phone call from someone and they say, uh, I wasn't Dr. Cheryl Wood yet. So they said, uh, Ms. Cheryl Wood, we heard about your t-shirt business. And this was somebody at Morgan State University. They said, we have this annual women's entrepreneur conference. And we get about 300 women who come to the conference. We want you to come to the conference and speak to the other women and other moms in the community about starting their own businesses. And you know what I did, James? I laughed. Like I burst out laughing and said, I think you have clearly dialed a wrong number. You're not looking for me. So I think you might want to go back and look at your notes because I was not a speaker. I didn't consider that as a part of my trajectory of my future. I hadn't been planning for any type of speaking opportunities. for So for that to present itself to me, was like, what is this? And you know what it was? It was the universe orchestrating things and conspiring things on behalf of me because I was in movement towards something different. And so I said, yes, I got out of my own way. I, I abandoned that whole imposter syndrome that I wasn't good enough. I shouldn't be on the stage. I didn't know enough. I wasn't successful enough. Some of the stuff that we tell ourselves, the, the head trash. I went to the event. It was September 18, 2010. I remember it like it was yesterday. I was so nervous. My palms were sweating. My heart was racing. My stomach was in knots. And I just reminded myself, Cheryl, just be you. Just be authentically you. Don't try to be this big guru because you're not there yet. Just play in your lane. So I went to the stage. I just played in my lane. I taught them what I'd already learned from my own journey. 
And there was something that shifted in me during that presentation as I looked out into the audience and I looked into the eyes of the ladies who were there. And some of them were literally crying from listening to my story about pursuing something different. And, and they were taking copious notes. And I had never felt that way before. Like I was actually making a difference in somebody's life, even if it was only for a 45 minute window. And after that event, I knew with everything in my being that that was what I wanted to do for the rest of my life, because that's how I wanted to make other people feel for the rest of my life. And after that event, after September 18, 2010, I was like, that's it. I'm going to do this for real. This is going to be my full-time gig. I don't know how. I don't have a blueprint. I don't have any famous people on speed dial that I can call and say, help me. But I do have tenacity and I do have courage and I do have persistence, all the things that I believe are going to support me in becoming who I know that I'm destined to become. And as they say, the rest is history. So you not knowing how, what did you do? Showed up. I showed up. So from that moment forward, number one, I changed my language and I started introducing myself as an international speaker. Every networking event I would go to, I would introduce myself as an internet. And somebody said, well, how can you be an international speaker and you've never left Baltimore, Maryland? I said, I am projecting who I'm becoming. Don't mess up my projecting. Like I'm projecting who I'm going to become. And because Zig Ziglar says, if you're going to reach a goal, you got to see the region in your own mind before you ever get to the goal. So I was visualizing how big this thing was going to be, how many lives I was going to touch. And so I started showing up. I would tell everybody that I met, I'm an, you know, I'm a speaker, you know, I'm a speaker now. Yeah. You know, I'm a speaker now. And because of that, people started reaching out to me and asking me if I would come and speak at their conference, if I would come and speak at their networking event, if I would come and speak at the chamber event, if I would come and speak at the rotary event and everybody who asked, I said, yes, 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 yes. Now it didn't automatically have a monetary return, but that's not what I was in it for initially. I was in it for experience and exposure that would allow me to start mastering the skill of the thing I said I wanted to do for the rest of my life. I know without a shadow of a doubt that when you pursue the thing you love doing, and you don't pursue chasing money, that the money will ultimately find you. It will chase you down. You will not be able to hide from it. So I wanted to make sure that I wasn't pursuing and chasing money, but I was pursuing this thing that made me feel so alive inside. And everybody who's asked me, I said, yes. And, and then that started to grow. So now I started, there started to be a buzz in my community, in my own backyard, as I like to say, my zip code about who is this Cheryl Wood, this speaker. And every time she takes the stage, she's so passionate and she's so energized and she's so this and, and she, and, and people started telling other people and I started getting more and more opportunities. And then over time I started hiring coaches and those coaches started to teach me how to really master the art of not only monetize, mastering my story, but monetizing my story and my expertise. And that became the thing that allowed me to propel into the business that I have today. Gary Vaynerchuk talks about attention being uh, the, the real asset, the real currency, right? Because if you're trying to make money from people and you don't have much value to give, it's not really going to work. Now you could have objective value, but that doesn't mean that, that it's perceived value and yeah. perceived value is far more important. It's what people think about the thing. I could have a, a fist-sized diamond in my hand right now, but if you don't believe me, then it's irrelevant. This is a, a good example. You ever been to a diamond shop, like rings and stuff, and you're looking at them and you're like, man, those are beautiful. Um, and then they say, yeah, those are, those are just displays. That's just glass. And you go, <laughs> oh, what? And like right, you were convinced right. that they were diamonds. 
and and you you were like, this is amazing. You're looking at it because the, you, you can't tell the difference. But when you know, you're like, ah, oh, suddenly your perception of the value goes down because you've been told that it's not real. Now, if I had told you they were glass and they were actually diamonds or vice versa, it wouldn't have mattered because it was about your perception. So to my point, when you have captured attention, your stock goes up by, by mere exposure to everyone else's attention. The example I give my clients is, you know, if Oprah started a massage business and she was doing neck massage, right? Do you think she'd be busy? And it's like, well, of course she would be, but she's no good at massage, right? She's not got 20 years of experience and knows all the techniques, but she has all of the attention and all of the perception of value just because of who she is. And so therefore anything she touches becomes gold. And I don't know her story completely, but uh, from what I can tell, interviewing lots of people, uh, interviewing more and more successful people, more and more known people, getting more attention on her by association, she became her own uh, entity that now attracts the people to want to interview her. But it wasn't necessarily starting out as PhD experts, so-and-so interview me because I'm the best. It was right. just a person connecting with other people and then lifting uh, her stock, so to speak. And, and I love that because that's literally what we all can do. And it's what you did knowingly or unknowingly by just taking every opportunity because then there was the attention. And with attention, you can then direct it into to, to whatever you want. So can you share a bit about how we can stepping stone our way to more attention? Because obviously you didn't get TEDx talk straight away. You didn't write mm -hmm. books straight away, right? Mm -hmm. So what did you do to, to step yourself up the ladder, so to speak, garner all this attention to allow you to pivot into other things? Yeah, uh, I, number one, I was consistent. And I think a lot of people lack consistency. They show up once in a while. And it's almost like, you know, if you have a favorite television show, you know exactly when that television show comes on every week at what time. And people literally set their alarms to that show. They're like, oh, I'm going to watch this show Monday at eight. Uh, so for me, I started creating a schedule of consistency about when I would show up. Uh, now, this is before like social media became popular. The initial thing I would do was I would show up at my local networking events, right? So this is long before social media and COVID and all the crazy stuff happening now. But it was a level of consistency. People knew if there was an event, a networking event happening in my city, oh, I'm going to be there. Cheryl's going to be there. And I'm going to come after I get off work. I'm going to go home. I'm going to get the kids fed. I'm going to I'm going to freshen up and I'm going to come to that event. And so there was an expectancy and that expectancy allowed people to take me more seriously and to know that I was indeed committed to this thing that I said I did, this professional speaking. Then we fast forward kind of to the social media space and it's still the same. It's the consistency with showing up on your Instagram, uh, Facebook, your Facebook lives or your Instagram or your posting. It's consistency in how often you reach out to your database of folks who want to hear from you. So through your CRM, or if you're sending out an e-zine or newsletters, like what's the level of consistency? It's almost like if someone's, if you're dating someone and they show up and, and they have these beautiful roses for you, and then you don't see them again for another month and they didn't call and they, nothing happened. And you're like, and then they pop up a month later with more roses, like, Hey, you're ready to date some more. And you would think the person had was a little off. And so people do, you, you are interrupting the no like trust factor when you are not consistent. 
And then really tapping into where are the people that I want to magnetize? Like, where are they hanging out? Because maybe they're not heavy on Facebook. Maybe they're heavy on Instagram. Or maybe they're not on Instagram. Maybe they're over on LinkedIn. Or maybe they're not on LinkedIn. Maybe they're at this XYZ trade show or these XYZ events. Wherever you establish that the people that you want to pour into most are, you've got to have a presence there and you have to do it consistent, consistently. And then the last element I'd add to that is playing in a zone of excellence. So I always say excellence over perfection. I'm never going to be perfect, but you had better believe that everything I do, I play in a lane of excellence. So when I'm going to do a presentation, I don't care if they only give me five minutes on stage, I'm going to come and I'm going to play in excellence. It doesn't have to be 45 minutes, but if you give me that microphone or you give me the space to be able to share my knowledge, my expertise, and my story, I'm going to plan, I'm going to prepare, and I'm going to practice for that as though I have 45 minutes. Next thing, if I, if you tell me there's going to be 150 people in the room and I show up and there's only four people in the room, that does not impact my level of delivery. I'm still going to show up and play in excellence for the four people who are in the room. You are creating a reputation, a reputation of excellence, a reputation of consistency, a reputation of someone who is mastering a certain skill set. And people want to learn from masters. They want to grow with masters and they want to be led by people who have developed mastery. Just like if you want to go and see some great singer, right? Mm -hmm. The small intimate evenings on the rooftop are the ones that really everyone wants to be at because it's not now the big things where they show up at the big ones. It's the, it's the intimate small ones the almost meet and greet style. It's just us. You're serenading us with song becomes more valuable because of how they show up because they have passion behind what they're doing with the music, et cetera, et cetera. And I wrote down that it's, it's not about motivation because I can feel people listening and saying, that sounds great. But like, ah, you know, I got, I got kids and they can't say that because we both got kids. It's like, I got kids. (laughs) I'm busy. You know what I mean? Um, you know, how do I, how do you find the motivation? And I think the moment you're asking yourself, how do I find the motivation to do this? You've, you've kind of already lost because it's not a matter of motivation. It's a matter of drive. You said it earlier, right? My, uh, my life is bigger than me. I've Mm -hmm. got vision, vision, that constant feeling that you're, you're, you're doing more drives you, but ultimately what gets you success is habits and discipline to those habits, yes. not motivation. How many people yep. are going to get motivated in the next two to three weeks to lose weight, make their business better and, and all that bullshit coming into the new year. <laughs> and then by February, they've given up life's hard by April. They're feeling crap by October, November, they're planning their next resolution because nice. they're not, they're motivated in the moment from a current experience of pain, but they're not driven by vision. So to, to as you said before, to get a bit morbid, I've done studies and if you put a, put two panels with a little fence and you put a dog in it and you electrocute it, the dog jumps over the fence. If you electrocute the other side, the dog jumps back. If you keep doing it, eventually the dog stops jumping over. Now I might've butchered that and maybe it's not fully true. Someone please correct me, but I'm pretty sure that's (laughs) correct. But if not, I think it's a good metaphor. I don't know why I'm doubting myself right now. It's a good metaphor to the point that that, there's motivation initially. 
And then the motivation was lost mm-hmm. because there was no drive mm-hmm. and no vision of, you know what, I'm going to keep doing it anyway, because it's a, I'll give you an example around fitness. I, I, I use this example all the time. Uh, maybe I'm just trying to jog myself into, into having some drive for it, but it's like losing weight or getting fit or getting strong, right? It's very simple. Just walk into a gym and pick up some heavy stuff repeatedly until you can't anymore and then go home and come back tomorrow and just do the same thing. And if, 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 it's, if it's not heavy anymore, just pick the, ne- the next one up that's heavier. It should always feel heavy and just keep doing that for the next few months, few years, and you'll look good. You want to get fit? Just keep running around your neighborhood until you're tired and then go home and just do it again the next day. The hard thing is doing it when there's no motivation, doing it consistently over time despite results because you have vision for what it will achieve. Mm-hmm. The only reason that we exercise is because we believe it'll create something for us in the future. If I, if no one knew what jogging was and I'm like, Hey, yo, Cheryl, let's go for a jog. And you're like, Oh, that sounds fun. And then you're like, this sucks. I'm sweaty. It's gross. I'm tired. And I'm like, cool. Do you want to do it again tomorrow? And every day after that for like the next six months, you'd be like, hell no, because there's no vision attached to it. Mm-hmm. Right. And even if I said to you, well, you'll, you know, you'll look skinny eventually. And you're like, oh, that'd be nice motivation. And then you're doing it. And you're like, yeah, this kind of sucks. Like how skinny do I have to be? Like, does that really <laughs> matter? You know what? I'd rather just be at home on Netflix. You're watching Netflix, eating Doritos rather than this jogging thing. Cause skinny's nice, but you know, right. Drive vision are definitely the things I'm hearing from you reconfirming beliefs I already had. And ultimately our habits and our discipline to those habits is what gets us. And what inspires me about you is that you did that. I'm an international speaker. You're showing up as if you were, there's vision. My life is bigger than, than, uh, you know, just me. And I'm going after this thing, no matter what the outcome is, because I believe that I can get there. And ironically, it's the ones who believe the craziest things and keep going that ultimately get there because it's not difficult, right? Or should I say it's not complex? It's simple. The difficulty is in fighting every human urge to just quit yeah along the way yeah this is good Uh, and that pains you when you see people quit when you see people give up and you see so much potential in them uh potential for who they can become potential for how they can touch other people's lives uh that is probably one of the one of the most disheartening things to watch is people to start and then they stop because they didn't get where they wanted to be as quickly as they wanted to be, or something didn't manifest. You know, they put an expiration date on when it had to manifest and it didn't. And so they stopped. And those are, to be very honest, those are people I look back and they are some of the most miserable, unhappy, unfulfilled people because they know what they're supposed to be doing. They already know what what sets their soul on fire and they're not doing it because they have no patience with their own dream. And, And so that lack of fulfillment just sits there and it keeps them held hostage uh, to a space of having this void in their soul. Uh, and I never want to be that person. I don't want, I don't want a void in my soul. I want to feel alive every day that I'm alive. And that means I've got to be, as you mentioned, consistent, pressing forward, driven, disciplined, you know, even when I don't feel like it. It's not like people like you and I, oh, every day we just jump up and we're just like, oh, I'm just, 
so motivated to do this thing. Like sometimes we wake up on the wrong side of the bed. Sometimes we wake up and things haven't gone, you know, exactly the way we wanted it to that day. You know, things happen. That's life. Life will gut punch you when you least expect it. But we press through because we've developed the discipline. We've developed the habits, the patterns, the behaviors, the mindset shift that we need to keep pressing forward because of that vision that's ultimately at the end of the road. So yeah, I love that. The irony with all of this is, it's not actually about achieving the thing, mm-hmm. but it's the progress that you and the development of yourself that you get in pursuit of the thing. And, yeah. and I follow Gary Vaynerchuk a lot and he, and he talks about that, right? It's like, uh, it's, the, it's the pursuit of the thing. It's the progress. It's the love of the game that ultimately mm-hmm. gets you the success. You know, do you think LeBron and, and you know, the late Kobe and, and things like that, like they just, love training that hard like kobe i think had an interview and he's like man it, it, it you know i don't like getting up at four in the morning or whatever who would but mm-hmm. he would train twice before training or whatever so that when he showed up game day it didn't matter what happened because he'd know it, he'd, he'd done his thing and what he enjoyed was the 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 pursuit the training the the, the growth along the way not just it's like it's not waiting for game day it's putting in everything that you can before then so you've built up no matter what and that ironically sort of uh, sands out or flattens all of the ups and downs because the consistency then becomes the amount of effort you put in and the winning becomes the growth that you're experiencing. I started this show, for example, December last year. So it's literally been one year. I think we've done like 90 episodes uh, mm. so far. And who I am now compared to who I was when I started and how I interview and, and things like that is an incredible shift. Uh, who I've had on the show has been incredible, the progression. And I look at it and I think if I hadn't have done that, like I've spent a lot of money with my team and everything. And it's not about it being anything more than this is a great excuse to meet some really cool people, uh, <laughs> to get better at talking um, and sharing my message because of the growth. And I will continue to do it irrespective of the measurable outcome because mm. I'm growing and if you love the game you love the progress whether you achieve the thing or not you're fulfilled because you said at the start right you're either growing or you're dying and it mm-hmm. sounds morbid but it's true there is no balance you, mm-hmm. you, you are either growing or you're not because every the world is changing everyone out around us is changing like everything's changing so if you're not adapting you will be somebody like a feel like I'm picking on people here. You'll be, you'll be grandma who has no idea about computers and is frustrated by FBOS machines or credit card machines and can't deal with, you know, this swiping, you know, your own food at the supermarket instead of having a cashier there. And you'll just become mm. that person who has been left behind because you haven't been willing to grow because everything is always changing and growing. So that fulfillment is the least fulfilled people that I see are the ones who are not growing because it's yeah. just, it's just so connected and like you said it's painful watch like i'm a coach right uh and it's painful watching people not achieve things because they set an expiry date like you said or they just it didn't happen fast enough or they just went oh this is harder than i just wanted to you know make a million dollars and it's like damn like life's life's harder than that and uh, (laughs) in 20 years you're gonna be like man i should have should have could have would have um that that this yeah. has been an amazing episode. Um, I wanted to ask you two final questions. The first one is, what's something you wish more people understood? 
Hmm, that's such a good question. Wow. I wish more people understood. I think just the just the power that they're sitting on um, with their ideas and their own creativity. And I, I wish they they knew the power they're sitting on without comparison to other people. There's a quote that says, comparison is the thief of all joy. And so many people just allow themselves to be robbed of joy because they're steady comparing themselves to other people, not even realizing all the greatness and the power that they're sitting on. And they would, if they would just give themselves permission to just release all the things that they think they don't have um, and just instead focus, laser focused on what they know they possess, the world will be a different place because people would be in a different frame of mind as they're out sharing what they know and sharing their knowledge with others. I love it. And my last question for you is what's the most important thing you ever learned? Oh, you have the best questions, James. The most important thing I ever learned is that I am enough just as I am. Oh man, I questioned that so much when I first started. Who's going to listen to me and who's going to hire me? And I'm just a girl who grew up in poverty. You know, how can I ever become a millionaire? And like all that stuff. And I used to walk into rooms and just, and just turn my light down because I didn't think I was good enough. I stayed stuck in that space for such a long time. So I wish I just acknowledged from day one that even when you don't feel qualified, you are called and equipped for this thing that is in your spirit that sets your soul on fire. So give yourself permission to show up and to shine as brightly as you can with everything that you have as you continue to grow and develop who you can become. I just want to to qualify that a little bit for the listeners because I think it's going to be powerful and correct me if, if I'm wrong, but you are, you are not saying that I'm good enough as I am. So therefore don't, you don't need to progress because you know, it's fine and I'm okay and contentment and all of that crap. You're saying oh. I'm good enough inherently as a person showing up with energy, but boy, I better be trying to progress and do better. Yes. Thank you for that clarity. And that, yes. And that in every season of my growth and development, I am enough as I continue to add into and enhance and develop. But at every season, what I already have is good enough for me to get started. Because I resonate with that so much because I'm not trying to improve because I'm not good enough. Right. 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 Yes. I'm yes. just trying to get better. Yes. Because then I'm better for my sons. I'm better for my wife. And most importantly, I'm better for myself because if I'm not showing up better, then I can't be better for anybody else. So the irony for me is like, it's not about anybody else. You need to selfishly focus on your own improvement because only then can you show up as better for everyone else. Whereas everyone else tries to be this like altruistic, I'm going to help everyone and you help no one because you don't actually, there's a deficit in you. And so what are you really giving? What are you really adding if you're not focusing on lifting yourself up first? Uh, I hate to use the word trickle down because it doesn't apply in all circumstances, but <laughs> trickling down of energy to my, to my sons. If I'm showing up every day because I'm good enough, that's first of all, that's the first peak, right? I'm good enough because most of us don't feel that. But then I'm improving. I'm adding to that because I want to be better for myself. That then rolls over to everybody else. Um, I love that. You got me, got me hyped. Thank you so much for coming on the show. I'd love it if you would share with us where we can connect more with what you're doing at the moment. Yeah, connect with me all across social media at Cheryl Empowers. I hang out a lot on Instagram. I'm on LinkedIn, Facebook, 
YouTube, you can find me at Cheryl Empowers and my website, CherylEmpowers.com. Amazing. Thank you so much for coming on the show. I really appreciate you. Thank you. Great conversation. I appreciate it. Thank you for listening to today's episode. Everything shared will be in the description of the episode so you can go and grab that. Now, if you enjoyed the show and you want to listen to more, please subscribe because every week we're releasing new episodes with inspiring people, successful people, so you can level up your game. So subscribe and also leave us a review. We'd love to hear feedback about the show and your thoughts and opinions there as well. Now, if you want to have more success, whether it's in your life, whether it's in your business, we run live trainings every single week where you can get access to me to coach you through everything from health, wealth, success, business, We're doing topics on all things that you need to live a better, more inspired and successful life. Live trainings every single week. Just visit jamesnielsenwatt.com forward slash live and you can get access to that now. There's also a ton of resources that you get for just listening to the show. All of that will be in the description. So if you're watching this on YouTube, check the description. If you're listening to this episode, check the description. We've got a load of resources there for you to have more success in your life, whether it's relationships, investing, or in business. I'll see you on the next episode. And as always, subscribe, leave a review, and tell your friends because there's somebody else that needs to be hearing this, and maybe you're their opportunity to help them level up their game.